Welcome to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast featuring top business leaders. You're about to see how people just like you have written books to build their businesses. Hi, I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I've written 12 books that have been translated into six languages. Now, I'm busy helping subject matter experts write their books as a ghostwriter, book coach, or developmental editor. You can find more about how I can help you at writeyourbookinaflash.com. Now, let's welcome today's guest, Jim Palmer. How's it going, Jim? It's going great, Dan. Thanks for having me on, and congratulations on your new podcast. Well, thank you very much. I'm honored to have you on uh, on my podcast. I've been on your podcast, and it's uh, it's great to have a person who's written six books, I believe. So, why don't you seven tell... since we last talked? One more, one more. Great, Jim. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your books and your business? Sure. Plan? I started. Uh, I became an entrepreneur in 2001 after uh, long term unemployment and cancer, and just my first business over five years to multiple six figures, but I was really kind of a, a uh, the ch- typical small business owner, Dan, cheap cook and bottle washer. And I knew that wasn't a life that I wanted to have. So um, I, I got introduced to uh, Dan Kennedy by a mutual friend of ours, Mike Capuzzi. And I kind of started learning all about internet, internet marketing, direct response, copywriting. Of course, they're big fans of newsletters. They're both big fans of writing books, Dan and, and Bill Glazer. And so that was a that was just a whole new mindset shift for me that over the course of um well from say 2006 to 2012 I started uh six different internet businesses no hassle newsletters being my big one and um then I started writing books around 2008 or 9 because that's what you needed to do <laughs> my first book was uh the magic of newsletter marketing and then as I started getting into coaching and a little more consulting I wrote uh, some additional books about marketing, business development. And uh, my sixth book was called Decide. That's kind of a mindset book for entrepreneurs. And as I was sharing with you before we went live, my last book, which was about um, about two years ago, was called Just Say Yes, which happened from the result of my wife and I selling our house and moving on this boat. And um, I started seeing so many parallels of being a, an entrepreneur and having to make tough choices and, and really put yourself out there and get outside your comfort zone. I'm like, man, that's exactly what it's like driving a boat out in the Olympic Ocean. <laughs> so um, that's why I wrote that book, Just Say Yes. So seven books so far. Fantastic. I, I, I want to go back to how you decide to write those books in a second, but I'm sure people are scratching their heads and saying, did he just say he lives on a boat? Tell us yes. about that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <clears throat> you know, ever since I'm an entrepreneur home-based, I, I could literally work anywhere and, and about um, – about three or four years ago, Stephanie was starting to burn out. She had a kind of a high pressure job. And when she left that position, we figured, you know, we, where do we want to go? What do we want to do? And, you know, the, the short version is um, three years pr- previous to that, we had, we bought a 30 foot boat, which comes our, our weekend boat, nice cabin, small little kitchen bathroom. So we just fell in love with boating. It's where I learned how to drive a twin engine boat. And then she came home one day and said, I want to go on a big adventure. And one of the things was, well, what if we live on a boat for a year? So I really love that idea. We traded up to a 50 foot boat and, um, cause neither of us wanted to be bumping into each other 24 hours a day. And, um, so we, we bought this boat, sold our house and, um, we decided we were going to give it 18 months. So we were going to go up to new England where one of my daughters lives who, who you know, Jessica and, um, and then we're going to go down to Florida for the winter and come back up to the Chesapeake Bay. And then we'll see what else we want to do. But about three months in, we're just like, this is way too much fun. So we've been doing it three years. Um, we've been up and down the coast uh, five times. 
been to New England twice and we want to go to the Bahamas and Key West. So we're going to, we're just loving life, Dan. It's, 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 it's a whole, it's a whole new adventure when you live on a boat and you don't cut grass or shovel driveway anymore. <laughs> of course you've got other challenges, but yeah, that's, that's our lifestyle. Fantastic. So you just told our audience what's possible after you write six or seven books and have a busy coaching and other uh, service-oriented industry. So tell us, let's go back to the book uh, idea now. Which came first, the the chicken or the egg? Did you write the book to get business or did you write um, the book after you got the business to get more business? You know, What was that whole process so my first business that I started in 2001, I was very, very much like I said, the, the small business mindset. So I was, I was growing, I was writing and producing and printing newsletters and mailing them for individual clients that most of my clients, I think, were within about a half an hour from my home office. So I was a local businessman. And after, um, you know, I had about 21 clients, I just kind of, I felt like I was hitting a ceiling, but I really didn't want to have a, a big company with employees and things like that. So um, then I started learning about internet marketing and applying some of the some of the things I learned about you know I could sell some of my some of my content and and some templates and I ended up growing no hassle newsletters and I actually had like twelve hundred um, small business owners in nine different countries using my my monthly program which still, I still have today but when I learned about um, how to position myself as an authority right. Um, in a niche. And for me, the niche at that time was newsletter marketing, retention-based marketing. I started learning about um, writing a book. Now, my first book, The Magic of Newsletter Marketing, took a little over 18 months, Dan, and and as I'm hopelessly uh, honest and transparent, it actually took me about eight or nine months to write. It took me an additional nine or 10 months to get the courage to publish it because my name was going to be on the cover, you know, and I was really afraid that people would find out I'm horribly challenged with the English language. I knew a lot about marketing and stuff, but I was, anyway, I hired an editor and paid her more money than I had at the time, but she cleaned it up and, and she took my thoughts and reorganized them, which ter- turned out, you know, um, to be a really, really good book. And I literally, it was one of the things, I mean, I can honestly tell you, one of the best things you can do to grow your business and to have more um, authority and, and prominence is to be a speaker. But the only thing more powerful than that is to be a speaker who is an, a published author. That's like really, really cool. And how has that helped your business and your career, having a book or having seven books? Well, when I when I got my first book out, you know, one of the things that authors come to know is that when you – um, write your book and it's like, oh, it's finally done. And then you realize, well, you're only halfway there <laughs> because now you got to promote it, right? I mean, what back in the day when I wrote that first book, I it, this is way before uh, print on demand with Amazon today. It's so easy. You put your book up there and they, they you buy what they, if somebody buys one on Amazon, they, they print it and mail it for you. Well, I ordered like 2,500 or 3,000 books, which were sitting in my driveway and, or not my driveway, my garage. Right. And so I said, they're doing no good here. So I actually, um, over the course of about 12 to 13 months, I did, um, 32 speaking gigs around the country at various marketing groups and things like that. I sold a ton of books, but more importantly, people saw, wow, you're just not somebody who's knowledgeable about newsletters. Uh, you, you're an author. You wrote a book on newsletters, and and that really helps uh, no hassle newsletters grow tremendously. Fantastic. 
Let's talk about that whole process. You know, you worked with an editor. You know, I do that kind of work as well. What tips would you have uh, to offer people to say how to find a good editor and how to work with an editor and how to resolve any kind of issues you might have with an editor where you might disagree with some of their comments or ideas? Well, it's a lot like finding a coach. There's people who will talk a good game. Oh, I've read books. I go to seminars. Hey, I'm going to do that. Um, but you actually, you know, if you want to hire a business coach or marketing coach, for goodness sakes, hire somebody who's got a proven track record, right? If you want to work with an editor, um, and you know, it's so important to work with an editor who, who has experience, who has written books themselves and, or has ghost written books and, you know, basically taken part in, in some way, shape or form and actually published books, whether their names on it or not, because there are some editors and, um, content writers, things like that, that can be pretty helpful. But, um, and there's different ways to find them. You know, I think the first thing I did, I, I go back all those years, I think, well, it's called Uplink now, but I, I forget what it was called before that, you know, where you can hire pro- people to do projects and things. And, um, I started working with people to, uh, proofread and edit some of the content that I was writing for no hassle newsletters. And I back in the day, I know you remember this day. I remember something called, um, art, I forget what it's called, but where you publish a bunch of articles, <laughs> remember how big article marketing used mm, to be. Sure. And, um, and so I, and then I started asking around and one person said, well, I do some book editing. And that was the person I, I started a relationship with. And, um, you know, Dan, I'm, I'm kind of preaching to the choir, but it's, uh, one of the things that was the first level of editing, I think, is for spelling, grammar and clarity of message. And then on there uh, from you can go up from there. And I said, well, I can only afford that. And so, well, I can do that for you, but I've read your book. It's actually kind of good, but it's completely out of order. Mm-hmm. I kind of wrote it chronologically, if you will. <laughs> and and one of the things I learned way back then was that every most people that buy a book never get through um, the whole book. In fact, they read about the first one third. And if it's well written, they get a nugget or two and they kind of, there's always a to be read pile. So they kind of jump to the next book. But so she said, we got to put all the good stuff up front and then, you know, we'll keep going from there, but don't hide the good stuff to the end. Cause there might never get there. Right? It's kind of <laughs> like flipping the channel. If the movie stinks and the good stuff's all in the last 10 minutes, they're going to flip away. So you actually got to have some good content. So that, I've ended up working with that person now for you know a dozen years she's written not only helped me write and edit all my books but i i connect her with with uh, my coaching clients whom i i get them to write books as well mm-hmm. fantastic there's nothing like a good referral um especially one where you've had a long-standing relationship and you get to know them and their style and they get to know you and your style um do you collaborate with your editor in terms of uh, content or tables of the, the, the table of contents yeah. or the outline or do they become more of a partner for you than just someone who looks at your work and cleans it up afterwards? And that's really important. I think, um, especially I think if, if you write a book and you enjoy the benefits that that book is going to bring you, you're going to want to write another one. And I, it's like when I wrote uh, stick like glue, which was my second book, that sold really well. It's all about retention based marketing. And I thought, well, book two went really well. Maybe I'll write book three. And I just kept going because, you know, every every year or two, I was inspired and kind of kept broadening my business and things like that. But I always I had I must I very, very good luck. And I found a real winner in an editor. I'm sure if it was a disaster, I would have moved on. I wouldn't have stayed there. But um, once you find somebody who can kind of capture your voice, um, 
You know, I, I, I would say that in my last three books, I wrote probably 70%, I'm just guessing, but mm-hmm. 70% of the actual content. And then I would, you know, we'd have this timeline or I remember when I, when I wrote Decide, I was out to lunch with my wife and I saw it was Ann calling me. So I took a little, say, hey, Jim, I'm, I'm in chapter eight where you're talking about, you know, X, Y, Z. It's good message, but it needs a lot more substance. It needs some more ammo and some examples to show what you mean. Do you have anything else or do you want me to do it for you? I said, you know the answer. You should have called me. <laughs> so she goes and finds examples and some really good stuff. You know, it's about mindset. And I think she told an ex- a story about how, a, you know, a kicker at Penn State, you know, lost a game and people were in Twitter land were killing the guy and he never lost his confidence. He did a couple of things. So she would find stories like that and use that to support the message that I was putting in. And that's, I know you're very good at that and, and the people you help it's, it's cause, and that's really, that's really the beauty of working with somebody else. It's like, I tell people, look, you're very good at what you do, but I know how to market your business way better than you do. You're very good at writing and helping people, you know, come up with a great book. They may be good at what they do, but if they want to have a good book, that's going to sell and bring them more business. I say uh, loosen up the purse strings and and work with an expert. Yeah. I think that's a great idea because um, so many people I've spoken to on these podcasts have said very similar things that you start off with great ideas, but you lose perspective. You don't know what the rest of the world is thinking. Uh, And I've, I've looked at first drafts from people. I love doing that. You know, ghostwriting is a lot of fun. Uh, but also I work as a developmental editor where I see people who've already tried their first stab and they have a first draft and they're just not, not sure about it. And I can go in and review it and say, okay, you need some statistics to back this up. You need some proof. You need some stories to make it more enjoyable and lively. You need to put some dialogue in here so it reads more pleasantly. You need to put some artwork in here so because people don't want to see a long pages of, of gray text and black right. text. And people don't realize that because they love every one of their words. And, you know, frankly, I was a newspaper reporter and editor, and I know, frankly, a few tricks that they don't teach in grammar school about how to write tight. Um, and most people are surprised. Like, say, they say, you've cut about 10% of my words out, and I didn't even know it because it was just <laughs> wasted words that people didn't even need to see. But we're all sort of sloppy writers and we need an editor to come and look uh, look over us. I'm glad you found that life partner, so to speak, in an editor. And uh, that that's a great thing to have. You know, you said something really important. I want to make sure people heard. You said they become emotionally attached with their writing or their words or whatever. That is so big. I mean, that's really a, a principle in, in business coaching that I work with. Like if you're so emotionally attached to your idea, to doing it your way, you're going to forever be, I mean, you, you might succeed, but you're going to be holding yourself back. And a, a big turning point for me was when I became more attached to the result. I became more attached to the lifestyle that I wanted to have that a, a good business would provide me. And I became less attached to the idea that, gee, I'm the smart guy. I'm going to do it all myself, you know? So when I started working with some different mentors and coaches and just doing what they said, my business really started growing. So in the conversation you and I are having today in the world of book writing, I just give so, I just, you know, my, my editor's name is, is Ann. And I said, Ann, if you don't even ask, you don't even ask me anymore. You know, <laughs> it's got to the point where I'll just give her my manuscript or two or three chapters and she'll work on those. I'll write some more, give her those. They come back. You know, it's, we got this really good process, but I'm, I'm more attached to the result that a good book will bring me in terms of new business than I am saying, yeah, I wrote this whole thing myself. Look how cool I am. Yeah. 
Well, you certainly have the lifestyle that I'm sure many people are envious of and say, wow, I wish I could do something like that. You're living on a boat. That may not be everyone's dream, but the idea of doing something so radically different is most people's dreams, you know, whether it be living in Costa Rica or somewhere else. It's, uh, uh, I know a lot of people have similar kinds of goals like that in a book and help with that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's go back to the idea. A lot of my clients and prospects are saying, gee, where do I get an idea for a book? How do I know what people want to read about? And you've written seven books. How did you decide what you wanted to write about? Was it market influence or was it well, the kind of business you wanted to jump into or something else? Well, the first three books, I kind of had a plan. And then each book after that came as a result of what I, when I saw a perceived need, but it was a perceived need in the area in which I operate, which are entrepreneurs, you know, small business owners, but more on the new side. I, I do work with some new folks. I work with folks who, you know, whether they've been in business a year or five years, but still haven't hit their first big goal. So I can help them do that. And so when I see things like that, but I'm going to tell you the plan that I had initially was newsletter marketing. That was obvious because in my early uh, incarnation of my entrepreneurhood, I was the newsletter guru. And that was another strategy is you anoint yourself as the preeminent expert in your field. So I became the newsletter guru. Stick Like Glue was a book on retention-based marketing of which newsletters are a key element of. And then the third book I, I wrote was I knew as I got more and more into business and, and not just newsletters, it was called The Fastest Way to Hire Profit. 19 immediate profit enhancing strategies you can use today. And so it went from being the newsletter guy to being, uh, you know, somebody who's an expert in retention based marketing to somebody who can actually help you build your business. So I kind of thought, well, I'll write three. And then I, I just kept going from there. And, um, you know, I, as you know, Dan, I started doing live events, you know, called dream business Academy. And, and in that live event, I, I started sharing, not just teaching on marketing, but I really started opening up about my own personal struggles and my journey. You know, I struggled with money and debt and I, I had massive fear of public speaking. I started sharing how I overcame those because I knew those were impediments that other people had. And two or three people said in the first one, then I did my second event and it kept going, Jim, you need to write a book on this stuff, like a mindset book. And I thought, wow, there's so many mindset books, quote unquote. And I'm like, nah. But so I came up with um, sharing my own story of the, you know, what I call head trash demons and other limiting thoughts. And I started journaling that. It was kind of hard. It was probably the hardest book I wrote because it was like being on the couch, you know, the therapist. And um, instead of the, the title I came up with was Decide the Ultimate Success Trigger. And, um, that did that book did really well also. And then I, as I shared, the last book I wrote was just say yes. Kind of a it's kind of a, a personal slash entrepreneurial book of inspiration and things like that. So each one kind of was born out because every time I finished a book, Dan, I was like, okay, that was way too hard and painful. I'm not going to do that again. And then you know, year would go by, and I said, oh, this would be a great book, and I'd get started all over again. <laughs> That's great. Um, so the, the ideas just keep on coming. Um, let's let's close by offering one idea about marketing because your books have sold really well. What is your key to have a having a book sell by itself? Um, sell by itself. Well, that's yeah. interesting. Well, I mean, I guess you, a couple places you put on Amazon, but you, I have a, actually, I have a, you know, my my kind of my home base website is getjimpalmer.com where you can see all those. But I also have a website for every single book. You know, every book has its own website, so I can promote it there. 
Um, I think one of the best strategies that I didn't create, but I've certainly followed is the, is the free plus shipping offer. So if somebody sees my book at Amazon for 20 bucks and they go to my website, they'll get it free, you know, plus 695 shipping and handling. I sell a lot of books that way. Um, but speaking, um, doing podcast interviews like we're doing now is a great way to get the word out. And, you know, um, people hear about your books. If they like your message, they'll check out your books. But the fact that you are a published author is so impressive. I'll just relate a quick story in case people are like, I don't know. When I wrote my first book, The Magic of Newsletter Marketing, I followed a strategy that Dan Kennedy said, you know, he says, I don't care if you're sitting around and, and you're cash flow poor and, and somebody says, hey, can you come talk to me about what you do? And don't say, yeah, I can come at two o'clock this afternoon and say, I can come there a week from Tuesday. First of all, it, it kind of infers that you're busy. You're not just sitting there twiddling your thumbs. But he said, in the meantime, you want to send him a copy of your book or anything else. And um, so I did that. And the first time, this was kind of still my first business, I went to meet this guy. He was uh, like an HVAC guy. And um, we had talked a little bit on the phone. And then when I went into his office to meet him, I looked down on his desk because I kind of put my hand out to shake his. And there was my book. And he held, he shook my hand, but with his, with his left hand, he held up my book and smiled at me. He goes, I had no idea you wrote a book. <laughs> you're an author. Like, it's, Oh my God, I'm an author. Walk on water. You know, it was, but it was kind of that thing. And it was very, very powerful, Dan. Mm-hmm. And, um, so anyway, that it, it's, everybody should do it. If, if, um, everybody should definitely have a book for sure. Fantastic. Jim, thanks for being a great guest today. Tell us a little bit how people can get in touch with you and who the best kind of person is to attend your dream business Academy. Yeah. Small business owners and entrepreneurs is kind of my niche. That's who I help. Um, you know, I help everybody kind of pre six figure and I, you know, my biggest client is $32 million. Although I mostly work in the six figure to, you know, multiple six figure range, get www.getjimpalmer.com is my home base. And I'll just throw one more in there. If anybody's curious about this crazy, wacky floating lifestyle, <laughs> my wife and I started a YouTube channel. There's only 13 videos because Dan, holy crap, is it hard to record and edit videos? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> But our boat is called uh, Floating Home. So if you go to YouTube and search Our Floating Home, Our Floating Home, you'll see us. There's a tour of our boat and things like that. It's not business. I'm not tricking you to go watch a video where I'm then going to sell you something. It's really just our personal journey uh, going up and down the coast in our boat. Cool. A lot of fun. Well, thank you, Jim Palmer. And thanks, everyone, for listening to our show today. Thanks for listening to Top Business Leaders, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.